Hey friends, and welcome back to Find Your Weekend. I am your host, Hannah, and I am super, super excited about today's topic. We are talking all about pricing. So if you back up a little bit, last week I released my first ever interview episode with Megan Evans from Born to Run Bookkeeping. If you haven't already listened to that episode, go ahead and do that now because it does go hand in hand with this episode. I know that it is so easy to just kind of ignore money. It can be uncomfortable to think about. I think we have a lot of deep-rooted beliefs around money and our own reasons why we all tend to avoid it like the plague. There are plenty of resources out there that are helpful in healing your relationship with money, one of those being therapy. I also read a book the year that I took my business full-time called You're a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero, Sincero or Sincero, I don't know how to say it, but You're a Badass at Making Money. I highly recommend it to anyone that's looking to dig a little deeper into their relationship with money. I think that's kind of step one here, and I'm going to say I feel like step one step negative one really because it's hard to calculate your cost of doing business if you aren't sure where your money is going every month so step negative one is to sort of dig into your relationship and figure out just get a pulse on how you feel about money as a whole and then step actual one is to figure out where your money is going every month so running a business is an expensive thing to do There are so many things that I consider essential to running my business and those things add up whether I'm paying for them on a monthly or on an annual basis or if they're one-time costs. And this is before I even consider gear, okay? So if you're new or you haven't started your business yet, you definitely should factor in material cost or gear, um, cost for computers and things like that. But for the purpose of this episode, because I already own all of those things and don't plan on upgrading in the near future, I'm going to leave those out. So cost of doing business, what does that mean? The cost of doing business is exactly what it sounds like, how much it costs to operate your business. This number is going to be different for every single business. It is totally unique to you and you shouldn't use this number to compare your business to any other business. It's literally like comparing apples to oranges. It's not fair and there is no reason to do it. My cost of business is broken down into monthly and annual costs. There will always be one-time costs as well, but those tend to fluctuate a little bit more. When I was thinking about this episode and writing for it, I wasn't sure if I wanted to actually provide numbers, like my numbers for these things, but I think for transparency purposes, it's important. Um, But just remember, before I say any numbers, you have to promise me that you will not make any of your own business decisions based on my numbers, okay? Pinky promise. Cool. So let's start by breaking down my monthly costs. Each month, I pay contractors $1,062. This is for my VA and bookkeeping services. This is the biggest chunk of my operating expenses by far and also one that I am not willing to cut back on. I also pay $75 per month for business insurance. I pay $19 a month for a subscription to an educational platform for photography where there's like online workshops and courses and uh, retouching tutorials and all kind of stuff. I pay $12 to Buzzsprout for hosting my podcast. 
I also pay $40 to Squadcast, which is the platform that I use to do interview episodes. I think I could definitely find a free way to do this, but they give the audio in separate tracks and it's just really helpful for editing and it also has a video component. So it's just, I like the platform, so I'm okay with paying for it. I spend $10 per month on Photoshop and Lightroom. I pay $19 per month for Flowdesk, which is my email service provider. And I pay $18 per month to Google for my email domain and storage. So the fact that you can email me hannah at hannahlozano.com, this is all part of like a Google plan that I pay for monthly. I am also currently paying about $239 per month for an online course that I'm in and that has a few months left so it was on a payment plan. So this total comes out to about $1,500 per month give or take. So now there's the annual fees. I pay $1,125 for my CPA which includes tax prep and also support throughout the year tax support. Uh, This is another non-negotiable for me. This is something that I will always, always, always pay someone else to do for me. I pay around $500 a year for my gallery service, which is pick time. This allows me to keep my clients' galleries up forever and not worry about running out of storage. So if you're a client of mine, you know that like the way that I deliver my photos is through pick time. Um, So this pays for that storage. I also pay $120 per year for Canva Premium. I am not a designer, but every now and then I need to make some sort of template or social media graphic or whatever, and Canva Premium allows me to import all of my own branding elements. So my fonts, my logos, and everything are already there for me in my brand kit. And this um, basically allows me to create templates and mock-ups and Uh, graphics really really easily. I also pay $350 per year to Dubsado which is my client portal. Um, This is what I use to send contracts, uh, accept payments, they integrate with Stripe, and also lead capture forms for my website. There's a lot of other functionality that Dubsado has that I don't use. Um, So if you are interested in having a more fleshed out CRM, great great option there and it's worth the money to me i also pay 216 dollars a year for my squarespace site and then i pay 24 dollars a year to google for two separate domain names when you add all of that up divide by 12 it comes out to another roughly 200 dollars per month which makes my monthly total cost of doing business around 1700 dollars So my challenge to you is to go through your books and calculate any monthly or annual subscriptions that you have and then include anything that you regularly spend money on. I round up to about $2,000 per month to account for miscellaneous things that I may have overlooked. Like off the top of my head, I already know that when I was listing those out, I didn't include the cost of my business registration, which is about $125 annually. And then I also bought a monitor so that payment plan is also on the monthly thing. So I like to add a cushion for things like that because sometimes we forget. I have always felt 
that it's the most helpful to write everything down on a piece of paper. I don't know why, but doing number stuff on a computer like does not feel good to me. So if you're a pen and paper type of person, do that. If you really like Excel and use the little equations and whatnot, do it that way. It does not matter how you do it. It will take a little while, so don't rush through it. And once you've found this monthly number, you can move on to the next step. So that's all of your monthly things, add those up, and then add all of your annual things up and divide by 12. So the next thing that I did was I looked at my personal expenses and figured out my basic living expenses. For me, this includes rent, groceries, power, gas, internet, our car payment, car insurance, renter's insurance, and pet insurance. Obviously, we spend money in many other categories, but calculating this is like the bare minimum. We need to make sure that us and our pets are healthy, have food, transportation, and a roof over our heads. Because I'm living in a dual income household with someone who has a fixed annual salary, I can now factor in his monthly income to determine how much more we need per month to meet our own financial goals. This is another situation that's going to be different for everyone. Some people are, you know, sharing a household with other freelancers. Some people are single. You know, it just depends. So take that part with a grain of salt and just do what feels right for you. So for the sake of this episode, I'm going to make up a character to use as an example. Her name is going to be Sophie. She is single, living alone, and her basic living expenses every month are $3,000. And that, again, includes rent, groceries, car stuff, all those things that I listed before. Her cost of doing business is around $2,000. So I'm stealing this from my own cost of doing business. So that means that each month she needs to generate at least $5,000 of revenue to break even. Let's say that she also wants to contribute $500 to her IRA, so her retirement account, and she wants to have $250 per month for dining out and another $250 for entertainment or shopping. So that's another thousand dollars that she needs to generate making her total six thousand dollars per month so now we're tasked with figuring out where that six thousand dollars is going to come from say sophie is a photographer with a similar business to mine so in a typical week she can accommodate one to two product shoots and maybe one on location brand shoot so in a month let's say four brand shoots and six product shoots total If she doesn't have any other financial goals and is fine with exactly $6,000 per month and has no desire for profit, she would need to charge on average $600 per client if she is expecting 10 clients per month. But realistically, we are in business to turn a profit, right? We don't just want to make the bare minimum to survive. We have financial goals maybe you want to buy a new car or a house or go on a nice vacation or maybe you're planning for a wedding or trying to create an emergency fund or a savings cushion or all of the above Uh, you can use all of these things to fuel your pricing so let's say that maybe sophie's financial goals are changing and she now wants to bump her monthly need to ten thousand dollars so she's maybe saving for a house or just something that is adding an extra bump to what she needs to to break even. So now if $10,000 per month is her goal, she needs to make an average of $1,000 per client if she can accommodate 10 shoots in a month. 
And if she wants to turn a profit, she needs to mark up the price further. This is how you can factor in your client experience and your expertise. Your experience in your profession is added value that allows you to charge more. I do not charge the same that I charged when I was just starting out. I have seven years of experience in this business and that allows me to charge for a premium service because what I am offering is effectively more of a value than what I would have been offering seven years ago. So once you start factoring in those other sort of nuances of what you do, you'll need less clients to get to your goal monthly income. So let's say that she's going to mark up her prices 50% and now she is charging about $1,500 per, per job on average. So in order to get to her goal of $10,000, she only needs seven clients, give or take. And if you're like me, you have different packages that fluctuate. So not every client is being charged the same amount, just depending on need. So this is where you can really take inventory of your services, of your bandwidth per month. You can think, okay, how many days per month do I want to be out in the field working versus how much time do you need to save in a week to do admin tasks and run your business. If you're a photographer, you have to factor in editing time. There's just a lot of different things that can um, change that pricing. So all of this is just to say that other people's prices do not matter. And I am speaking in terms of small business and service-based businesses specifically, um, because there are a lot of different, you know, economic pricing strategies that exist, you know, coming in at the lowest price to get a market share. There's just, there's a lot of different strategies that surround pricing and people literally get entire degrees on this. So supply chain people, please don't come for me. <laughs> but what I, what I am trying to get at here is figuring out what someone else charges in your same industry doesn't really matter that much the reason that this actually came up for me too just a little story time before we close this baby out last week i got an inquiry from someone who did not put a company name in my contact form and their email address was it looked like maybe they were a photographer right you know, you can tell it was like shot by something at gmail.com or whatever. So they were asking me for pricing on product photography and branding and lifestyle photography, which a lot of times those two things come hand in hand, but the person didn't even have a company name. So I was like, mm, I don't think that you actually are looking for either of these things. Part of me is like, sure, give them the pricing. It's not going to really matter. But at the same time, like if you are someone that is just trying to figure out what other people charge, don't let that be the driver of your prices. Yes, it's important to sort of maintain an industry standard and not just like undercut everyone because that devalues the industry as a whole. But also don't go out of your way to figure out someone else's pricing because at the end of the day, what matters is your own financial goals, your own cost of doing business. And without that foundation, it doesn't matter what anyone else is charging. You still need to figure out for yourself what your targets are, what your goals are, and how that plays into the type of business that you're doing and how many clients you can take a month and 
so many other things. I hope that this was even a little bit helpful for you. If you are wondering um, how you can become more profitable, the last episode with Megan is a good starting place. She's a great bookkeeper and she can help. She has services that help her clients figure out their goals and figure out strategic ways to meet them. So definitely check her out and I will catch you guys next week. Bye.